Hey everyone, and welcome to another Yogi Misfit session. My name is Danny Pomploon, and I'm your host. Today we have Mira Valeria on the show. Mira comes to uh, San Francisco, the Bay Area, from Santa Fe, where she owns a yoga studio. And uh, yeah, she uh, she's I met her at a training with Jason Crandall, and we kind of hit it off. And so now we have her on the show. Hi, Mira. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. It is isn't isn't it happy to be here? It is. <laughs> Um, so Mira, let's talk a little, let's talk a little more about you. And, uh, you know, I know I, I just got started saying you own a studio and you're a yoga teacher and we, you know, we, we, we practice the same teacher, but let's, uh, let's hear, let's hear your story. I want to hear, uh, I, I want to hear how, how you got started in your, in your yoga world. Oh, um, it, it feels like lifetimes. Um, I was a dancer growing up. So movement was sort of always my, my outlet, my channel, uh, and I came to yoga first, uh, in college, um, as, as I've always been sort of a sensation junkie. I really like to work hard. I like to sweat. Uh, and my roommate one day came home completely soaked, just totally sopping wet. And I asked her what the hell happened to you? And she said, Oh, I just came back from this yoga class that was hot and sweaty and really hard. And I thought I was going to die. And I thought, I want that. Toying with death. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. So the next day I, uh, I took my first, uh, Bikram class and I loved it. I was hooked on uh, the physicality. Oh, wait, the did you see, your first class was a Bikram class. First class is a Bikram class. Oh man, I know. I drank the Kool Aid for many years. Oh, dude, um, <laughs> it's been a great show. Thanks, Mira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's it's a. Um, I have I've I've gone through the the cycles, the waves of my thoughts and and strong feelings um, on both sides of the fence around the Bikram practice, sure. but. Um, you know, ultimately it was, it was really good for where I was in the moment. Um, I had a long history with, with bulimia and so coming out of the dance world. And so finding yoga, um, was the sort of new way of being in my body and taking care of my body. And, and while the Bikram practice taught in this heated environment in front of mirrors, um, wasn't really conducive to, to stopping to judge myself. Um, there was this sort of underlying piece of, of it within the yoga, within the yoga itself, um, that was teaching me to be kinder and more compassionate with myself and treat my body in a new way. Um, and so a few years into my Bikram practice, I started feeling like I wanted more, um, the spirituality piece, um, uh, was was really starting to nag at me and and just wanting to grow my practice. So uh, I was working in Washington D.C. at the time. Uh, in my past life, I, I was an economist um, and I worked in D.C. And so uh, I was trying to find a way, something that would would marry my love for for helping people and and doing development work. Um, with this movement-based practice, and I just stumbled upon Off the Mat into the World, um, the organization uh, run by by Sean Korn and Suzanne Sterling and Hala Khoury, uh, and I did a training with them in D.C. 
uh, I think this was back in 2007. Uh, and I just, it, that blew my mind. It, it completely changed everything for me. That was sort of my transition over into the vinyasa yoga world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everything from there just snowballed. I knew instantly that I had to find myself a vinyasa teacher and Sean Korn, who I really loved and resonated with, wasn't leading teacher trainings at the time. Um, and, but I, but I sort of started to follow her around for, for workshops and and things. And at some point I came out to San Francisco, uh, to, to yoga journal, to take some classes with her. And while I was out here, uh, for the conference, I ended up taking my first class ever with Rusty Wells. Mm. Um, and I wept, the the Kool-Aid gets thicker. The the Kool-Aid gets (laughs) thicker. I wept through the entire class. Uh, we chanted Shiva Shambo and I wept through the entire class and he kicked my butt and I, I had my, Oh, okay. I found, I found my next teacher. Um, so I practiced with, with Rusty for many years. Um, I did multiple, I think I did six or seven teacher trainings with him. Wow. Um, and I wasn't living in the city yet. I, uh, I only recently just moved to the city as you know. Um, but I was, I was living here and there and everywhere, but I would come into the city for trainings, uh, to train with Rusty. And I loved it. The, the chanting, the bhakti just cracked my heart open. And I was still really struggling at the time because I was working in this, this DC government sort of bureaucratic world that was, that was, um, that was interesting to me in some ways, but I knew it wasn't my path. And I was very much resisting the idea of becoming a yoga teacher um, because I'd come from a very merit-based academic background and I felt like what I had to be doing was some, it, it had to have a big label attached to it. And I couldn't yet see that, that yoga teacher, um, it, it didn't quite feel like enough. Uh, and, and Rusty sort of started to chip away at that, my trainings with him and, and the bhakti practice, um, and the chanting especially, uh, started to peel back my layers. Mm-hmm. And I started to identify more and more with with who I was as a yoga teacher. I was teaching yoga already, um, and and just just honoring that I really loved myself most, and I loved what I was doing most when I was stepping into that role of teacher. Uh, and then it was it was through Rusty ultimately that that I connected with with Jason Crandall. Uh, Rusty would bring Jason in to do the anatomy parts of his trainings fittingly. And it was Jason ultimately who made me feel like, oh, I want to do this. Like I, I get you. Jason for me was, was the opposite of Rusty. Rusty was all heart, is all heart. And, and for me, Rusty was sort of this, this teacher to me, but he was, he was the other. Whereas Jason came in very academic, very scholarly in his approach. Uh, and I sort of had this this moment of like, I'm like you. I get you. Um, now I know how I can do this. Um, so the so nerd the ended. nerd side in you came out. The nerd side of me totally. <laughs> I needed I needed that to be fed because in order to really be able to embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> Jason is a big nerd too, in the best so way please. possible. But man, you like yeah. I totally I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so yeah meeting Jason was, was changed everything and, and really helped me let go of, of that 
that other side of things, that more merit-based side of things and, and step into teaching in a way that, that feels really good. And so you started, you started teaching, how long were you teaching before you decided, okay, I want to open up a studio and where were you? Cause I, I mean, I know, I know you well, but I don't know, I don't even know those small details of like, I know you were basically a nomad and you were everywhere. I was. Uh, so yeah. when you first, when you first started teaching, were you, where did you land and how did that, how did that pan out? When I first started teaching, I was living in Florida. Um, what you lived in Florida? This is nice. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was living in Florida, albeit briefly. Um, yeah, my my dear ex husband, he and I are still remain very close. Um, he and I bounced around for a good eight years together, um, and at the time we were living in. Central Florida in New Smyrna Beach, which is a cute little beach town. Um, it's sort of an oasis within Florida for sure. And I, I started teaching at Altamont Springs Yoga. Um, my Linda Morales took me in, and I had done um, a hot training there. My first training with my mentor, uh, Missy White, um, and and I had started teaching there, and I just I really loved it. Um, it felt good, but it was, you know, I was teaching one or two classes a week sort sure. of thing. Um, so I was first teaching there, uh, and then we moved to Vermont from there. And when I was teaching in Vermont, I was teaching more regularly, four or five, six classes a week sort of thing. And um, my so I bounced around quite a bit for several years, and it was actually when I was uh, the idea for the studio came about far before I really committed to being a teacher. I was actually in grad school in Barcelona. And uh, I was doing a program that I knew I wasn't fit for, that wasn't right for me, but I was determined to finish it. Mm -hmm. And I, my, my sort of saving grace was going to a gym every day, taking spin classes and going to the spa um, that was within the gym because Europeans really know how to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And so I had my yoga practice. Yeah, it really is. And it's affordable. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just, that's just life. Um, and so I, I was going to spin classes and I had my yoga and the idea for the studio just sort of was born out of that. It was this someday I'm going to have a yoga and cycle studio. So my, my studio in Santa Fe is, is both yoga and cycling. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so that was, I think that was probably 2007-ish that the idea started to formulate for the studio. But it wasn't until uh, we landed in Santa Fe in 2013, and I, at this point I'd been teaching for several years, um, that we said, all right, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's open a studio. And then Santa Fe Thrive happened. Santa Fe Thrive was born. Yes. How uh, how was it being a teacher and then a business owner? I mean, how was putting in the work to do that? <laughs> well, um, it took a full year. And part of it is is that things happen a little more slowly in New Mexico than than otherwhere, uh, other places. The sense of manana is a true thing. Okay, but you know, I really wanted to do it well. I knew that I didn't want to open just you know a. Uh, uh, a sort of around the corner neighborhood yoga studio. I wanted it to be something big. Um, and I wanted, you know, I wanted it to be an experience of a place. You know, we have showers, we have towel service, we have lighting, we have, you know, the special, um, 
our, our heating and humidifying system in the yoga room is, is specific to yoga. Um, in our cycling room, everything is, is done. It, it's, it's very nightclub esque, you know, we have top of the line bikes. I was, I was very, uh, meticulous and determined to, if to anyone, create- if anyone hasn't picked up yet, Mira's kind of a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know this knowing her personally, but but pick up the signs, people. Guilty, guilty. Um, yeah, so I, I I wanted it done well, and and so I knew that the the capital investment um, in order to open such a business was gonna was gonna require. In other words, it was it was going to be a, a big investment to open, and therefore there was a lot of work that was going to have to go into the planning. And so I spent a good chunk of time developing a proper business plan, um, doing you know market research and and numbers and estimates, and and that's sort of where my my economics background was was very beneficial, just in, in really liking to work with numbers and spreadsheets and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, yeah, so it took a good amount of time to get the business open. Um, I liked that part of things. I, I like the planning. I like the research. I like the numbers. Um, and then in May 2015, we opened the doors, and suddenly I had to manage um, a whole bunch of clients and and like 20 plus instructors um, right off the bat. And it, I had this feeling of like, uh oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on on a second. (laughs) Yeah. Like it doesn't feel the way I wanted it to feel. Like I remember saying that to somebody. It's like, it's not what I expected it to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So fast forward, fast forward a little bit now. Now you are, you've moved into the city and you're teaching now. And so I, I, you, you've done a lot of work in the sense of your business. And so like actually transitioning to, into, to what I wanted to to get into today with you is like, now, how is your work different now? And, and one, how do you, what do you consider your work, you know, quote unquote? Um, and then how do you show up for it? Like, you know, obviously, you know, and the way you opened up a business is a totally different approach, I think, in, in where you're going now. And I think we're, we're a lot of yoga teachers are at now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've really transitioned, you know, when I was, when I was in Santa Fe, most of my time went to running a studio sure, and managing yeah. a studio and living on MBO and doing all of these things. And now, um, now my time is primarily dedicated to teaching a ton of classes, which I'm so grateful to be teaching. I've landed very well. I'm, um, very grateful for that. Uh, so I'm teaching many classes a week, um, and more than that, it's there's there's commute time. I live in East Bay, and I'm heading into the city every day. Mm-hmm. There is keeping up with with what you and I've talked about, what Jason always talks about, which is emails. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly mm-hmm. as a yoga teacher, you have so many emails to deal with every single and day. Endless. There are oh. endless. <laughs> and spreadsheets. Why do I have so many spreadsheets? <laughs> Not even kidding. Right? Not even right? kidding. There's like three I have to look at daily. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's and you do it really well, Danny. You're you're one of the people that really I I think does it well, and I admire the way you do it. Oh, thank uh, you. Don't, no, don't, don't give me that much credit. 
No, because it's, it's really, it's, it's been very interesting. It's been a very uh, big wake up call for me transitioning. I've, I've been in the Bay now for four months, Sure. I think. Um, and, and I'm learning, I'm still, still getting my footing, um, you know, figuring out like, what does it mean to have to do regular social media? Um, you know, when in Santa Fe, which is such a small town and being a business owner, I, I could very easily just hide behind my business. You know, the business was, it was the promotion for me. I didn't have to do any of that work. Um, and now I am living in a yoga Mecca and there are, you know, thousands of fantastic yoga teachers all around the city. And, and so I'm just learning, uh, how to utilize these, these things like social media, um, which I don't do well yet and, and networking and it's a whole different set of skills. Um, and that's, I think one part, like that's one part of it, right? So we've got all the things that we have to do on the back end, or we'll call it like the business end, but then how do you show up? How do you, I mean, how do you show up and do your actual work? Mm-hmm. Not just, not just the spreadsheet. Anyone, I mean, we no. can do spreadsheets and we can, you know, dive behind our laptops, but how do you do the nitty gritty? Oh yeah. The, I mean, the, the, the jumping into teaching, you know, 15, 20 classes a week, which is what I've done, um, it takes a toll, man. <laughs> if anyone's a new teacher listening to this, do not, I repeat, do not do what Mira and I do. No. do. We are not good examples. <laughs> Nor is Jason, actually. None of yeah. us. Don't no. don't look at any of we us for business advice. That's the thing. It's, it's, we all do it. Because, you know, as a, I've been teaching for, for a long time, but I, being new to the city, um, there's a, a way in which I had to sort of take everything that came my way, um, in order to, to, to start to make a mark in order to start to, to get studio managers to know who I am and, and be willing to call me back and give me regular classes and that sort of thing. So there is this sort of, um, the, the hustle is inherent, I think, in, into the process, but, but, but yeah, there, there, there has yeah. to be, I think there should be some rubric around like how we do it. Um, there, there's gotta be some better way, but, uh, but sort of back to your question and just how to show up, man. And so much of it is, is self-care. So much of it is doing your work, like remaining a student, um, and staying committed to your own practice, whether that, you know, that might not look like a full on asana practice, and, and more often than not, like it, it, it's not going to look like what you're teaching, but, but taking time to sit on your meditation cushion for 15 minutes in the mornings or, you know, walk through a mini sequence or, or, or that sort of thing has become, I know my, my home practice has really strengthened since I've arrived in the city because I don't have as much time to go to public classes as I would like to, um, so, so home practice has become my, my saving grace, even like I said, even if it's just a few minutes every day. Uh, and then I think the other, the other component of that, of, of, of really this, this doing your work is showing up. Um, and what is like, what do you consider you know, as a, like as a studio up? manager and, and a studio owner? So, so as a studio owner, I, I, I would, I can see, I would always get so frustrated with my instructors because there's seemingly this, it feels like sometimes yoga teachers don't treat 
their their teaching like a real job. They treat it a, they treat it they treat it like a luxury that they can sort of just come in and out of and sub well, out their classes whenever they want to and come and go and and a lot of that and is I understand be- life is a life. lot of that is because you know like most people are doing it part time on the side and so most of them are teaching you know here yeah. a class here and a class there and then there's you know other people that are you know doing it full time totally 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 um. But I feel like there's just in general there – you don't see this in, in, in other disciplines as much, people just having this sort of lighthearted approach to their work. Sure. Yeah, um, 100%. I, I, I get that 100%. Mm-hmm. And so that's been – and that's been it, – it, it's, it's sort of been good for me to know the other side of it, to know um, – what it's like to be on the, on the receiving side of, of getting the, I can't come in today text because I feel like that's helped keep me accountable, mm-hmm. um, here as I, as I take on so many classes, um, I've, I've tried to, to minimize my sub requests whenever possible. And, and even then I'm, uh, it's, I'm also developing more compassion for those teachers as they have to request subs because I found myself in that position too, where I just wake up and my body is done. Like my body can't do it. So what do you, Um, what do you say to people that are, uh, okay, let's say, what do you say to maybe newer teachers or not even newer teachers, any teacher that's starting to to get to that place where they're forgetting where their work is. And, and when I say work for it, so that we're all kind of on the same page, I don't just mean like the physical part of like you showing up somewhere because you're scheduled to do it, but your actual work, like showing up, being your practice, showing that to others, being authentic in that practice, not just showing up and saying these words uh, because you have to get them out of your body, but actually 100% be like committing to be there 100% is what I feel like, you know, is, is part of doing your work. What do you say to, um, absolutely. what do you say to, to people that are kind of like in that boat of like, all right, either I'm doing too much or I'm not doing enough, or I'm kind of figuring out what that means to me. That's a really good question, Danny. Um, I feel like less is more. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm definitely one who's, I've, I've taken on too much. I, I am prone to overcommitting to, to overpromising and, and under delivering, um, because my nature is to, to want to take on more and think that I can. Um, and then I hit these walls, you know, it's like the, I hit the burnout wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and really in order to be, cause I, I think what, what grows a class isn't, isn't just an awesome sequence. It's not, it's having that engagement with your students. Like you say, it's knowing their names. It's, it's, it's not just winging it. It's not, it's being mindful. It's, it's really staying present mm-hmm. in, in your teaching and having eye contact and using your students' names and, and personalizing the experience. Um, which, which we can so easily go on autopilot when we're stretched too thin. Sure, 100%. Uh, and those days happen to all so of us. And so I think that's happen to all of us. Oh yeah. Totally, totally. But but the but the longer we stay over, you know, stretched thin or the longer we stay overcommitted trying to do right. too much, uh, you know, the the more we're going to go on autopilot. So I think 
you know, really having awareness around what are your, what are your limits, you know, and, and, and learning to say no, which is, which is my work in the world is learning to say no, um, and set boundaries around that and being committed to that. Because if you can't be committed to your no, if you can't be committed to your boundaries and, 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 you know, self care, if, if you're not going to take care of, of number one, number one being you, you right. know, nobody else is going to take care of number one first. <laughs> That's true. That's a real, that's a really, 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 wow. That, that's a, actually a really good takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mira, I have one more question for you. You ready? Uh, you ready I'm for ready. it? It's a good one. It's a good one. All right. So this was a suggestion from one of my previous guests. And so I'm going to start doing this pretty much every show. You have an elevator okay. full of people and you have 10 seconds before you get off. What do you say to them? Are, is is my time running already? <laughs> you, you have to, you have ten you have ten say, seconds to say to say something to them. What do you say to them? I okay okay. Hi, my name is Mira. I am a very skilled yoga teacher, and I love <laughs> shameless foreign languages. Shameless plug. And I love to travel. Will you be my friend? <laughs> shameless plug. No, I don't know what I would say. I don't know what I would say. Oh God, that's a good question. That's going to eat me for the rest of the day, Danny. I'm going to call back and say, can we, can we read? <laughs> I know it's good because, because normally everyone knows what the format of the show is. Uh-uh, these questions are coming now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know. I don't know what my elevator pitch would be. No, knowing me, I would be quiet. I'm super shy. I have, I have the performer gene like Jason talks about, but I'm very introverted. Sure. I get that. I get that. <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Mary. I think, uh, you know, the more we have conversations like this as teachers and, you know, and actually the people on the receiving end too, like it's nice to just be honest and keep each other, uh, you know, kind of keep each other honest. Sometimes you have to, you have yeah. to hear it from somebody else before you really start to accept that. Definitely. Thanks so much for having me, Danny. Yeah. For everyone that's listening out there, um, Mira teaches all over San Francisco and she teaches in the East Bay and she's got workshops and retreats and blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to put her uh, website in the links and as well as her social media as well. Um, Mira, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners before we take off today? Um, happy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Hope to see you guys in class soon and, and thank you again. So until the next Yogi Misfit session, this is Danny and Mira saying peace out. Bye, guys.